Listener's discretion is advised. In the criminal justice system, the people are represented by two separate but equally important groups, the police who investigate crime and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders, who in this case are the police, because, come on, we all saw the video. What are you waiting for? That's it. I'm going to the protest. Do the dun-dun. And good evening to all the parties who are listening here tonight. We begin with some crazy shit that have happened. Yes, some crazy shit that have happened throughout this week, throughout this past week. That includes things that happened the past week, obviously. Now, we're going to start with polls and numbers and protests and all the other things. Starting with Seth Meyers' segment, A Closer Look from Late Night back in Monday. Now, here's what he had to say about this and Trump and all the other things. Nearly 40% of households with incomes of less than $40,000 have reported job losses. Meanwhile, U.S. billionaires have become $565 billion richer since March 18th. That's right, billionaires actually got richer during the pandemic, while the poorest households lost jobs. We're living in a dystopian film written and directed by Bernie Sanders. See it, don't see it, who cares? But one thing we can all agree on, $6 for popcorn is insane. I miss him being around because I think it became a passable a passable impression. But of course, Trump is celebrating because things really have been just fine for his wealthy patrons and the corporate husks he chums around with at the Mar-a-Lago omelet bar, which knowing Trump is probably BYO eggs. We provide the peppers. The pepper, we just have the one pepper, but don't worry, it's a good pepper. It's like a red or a green. It's a, it's a yellow. We have one yellow pepper for everyone at the omelet station to share. And while millions of Americans have been in the streets protesting systemic racism and police brutality only to be met with more brutality from the police and a pandemic has killed 110,000 Americans and unemployment is at its highest point since the Great Depression, Trump is still bragging about the stock market. Our stock market is almost, it's just short of an all-time high. I've had 144 all-time high stock markets during a three and a half year period. Nobody's ever come close to that. And we're gonna do it again. But it's gonna be even stronger than last time. When I would say that to you two, three months ago, I could see what's happened. I have a good feel. I've always done well with numbers. No, you haven't always done well with numbers. I mean, just ask these two zeros. No one who is actually good with numbers ever has to say, I've always done well with numbers. If your doctor took your blood pressure and then said, I've always done well with numbers, you might want to get a second opinion. Yeah, my last doctor said my blood pressure was negative uh, 52 degrees Celsius. Is that, is that bad? But the more shocking thing is Trump bragging about the stock market. If 40 million people have filed for unemployment and over 100,000 have died and police are violently beating peaceful protesters, maybe the stock market hitting an all-time high doesn't actually mean we as a country are at an all-time high. Yep. This whole pandemic, the coronavirus era, has turned into a monopoly for the rich people. I wonder what the monopoly guy would think. But I really wonder what John Rockefeller would think. He's the one that does all the shit. I mean, he just drifted Vanderbilt out of the atmosphere. Now, what is going to happen? We'll just, we'll just stay the fuck out of the way. Anyways, we're gonna have to think about the other thing that we'll be talking about in a 
Mitt Romney. Yes, Mitt Romney has participated in the protest of the Black Lives Matter movement, which <laughs> already infuriated some of the Republicans a lot. Maybe I'll just have to listen to what the actual wordings are. I don't know. Hey, you know who was out there yesterday marching with the protesters in Washington? America's whitest man, Utah Senator Mitt Romney, marched to support Black Lives Matter and to break in a new pair of penny loafers. It was a win-win. And you'll never believe this. Republicans are mad at him for it. Many of Mitt's fellow Republicans are angry, furious even, that he marched with a group of evangelical Christians who have the audacity to be in favor of equal rights. They let him have it online. There were hundreds, if not thousands of posts like this one. Mitt Romney, your day is coming sooner than you think. You need to hit your knees and beg for mercy and forgiveness from God, prayer hands emoji. Repent now. Another, racist, you should resign your LDS membership. Another, Mitt Romney needs to go back to Utah and stay there. He can practice his immoral ways there. He couldn't even run a porta potty. Really? You're mad that he marched? I mean, this is a peaceful protest. Mitt Romney wasn't smashing windows and stealing boxes of khaki pants. He was marching in support of civil rights. And by the way, who runs a porta potty? No one runs those. There's no operator. They just sit there for months till a guy with a truck comes to pick them up. But I do think this is an interesting reaction because so many of these people claim they're fine with peaceful protests. They just don't like looting or they don't like violence or they don't want the disrespect to the flag. But what we've learned now, without a doubt, when a Republican who marches is considered to be a traitor to his party, is that a lot of these people just don't agree that black lives matter. And you kind of need to ask yourself if you belong to a party that castigates one of its most prominent members for standing up for civil rights. Maybe your party sucks. Hopefully Romney will continue to stand up in the Senate where it really counts. And it's important to note, Mitt Romney has always been supportive of the African-American community going way back. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? <laughs> he sings that every weekend at Karaoke Doki. Romney also got it from our troller-in-chief who wrote, Tremendous sincerity, what a guy, hard to believe with this kind of political talent, his numbers would tank so badly in Utah. That's right, Romney should have done what real men do during protests, run down to the bunker to eat a blizzard from Dairy Queen. Yes, I feel the pain of some people. This right now is the era in the world we live in, or the era we live in, and that is, people are sensitive with shit. That's right. Sensitive. Sensitive is the word of the week. Just so you guys know. But, uh, there's nothing wrong with being sensitive. But when they are sensitive, that makes their feelings hurt. They go to a go to the wall, go to the bed, cry like a bitch, and then throw a tantrum, try to destroy your own home, try to destroy your own car, try to destroy everything that you own. And that is disappointing. All because of one topic, one topic that pisses everybody off.
pisses everyone that don't like that. Well, we're gonna have to end it that, that way. But coming up next, we're gonna hear the interview uh, with Don Le- Lemon and Richard Petty Motorsports, Daryl Wallace Jr. We'll be right back. Close captioning for this podcast is brought to you by... Traditions are important, now more than ever. And while I considered skipping this one, Bud Light reminded me, it just wouldn't be the same. And we have returned after the tiny break, ladies and gentlemen. This segment, we're gonna have you listen to the interview with CNN's Don Lemon and the driver of the number 43 car for Richard Petty Motorsports, Daryl Wallace Jr. He talks about what happened on Sunday and why the Black Lives Matter meant a lot to Bubba and the thoughts on the Confederate flag. Here's a listen in. You know, I thought the, um, the video was well put together and, um, you get to see, you know, most of the guys, you know, and how they, how they come together, how we come together as a sport and as a community to stand up for what we believe in is what is right. So Jimmy Johnson took on the initiative and I have been in contact with Jimmy, um, the most I ever have, uh, this week, uh, in the last seven days, we have talked almost every day. Um, and that's simply him wanting to learn and, and figure out how to be better, um, as a human being so he can raise his daughters the right way uh, and, and prep the next generation and and show that we are all created equally. So uh, utmost respect to all the guys that, that are in that. And I still encourage uh, from all series and all forms of motorsports to speak up and uh, stand up and speak up and, and let your voice be heard. You know, I heard um, uh, on Friday, late Friday, that Jimmy was working on something and that he was reaching out to people to figure out exactly how to do it, but he wanted to do it. And, and, and my reaction was after I got off the air on Friday and I said, wow, NASCAR, that's going to be really interesting to see what they actually put together. And when I saw the video, I was just amazed by it. By it. And then now, apparently going to back it up with some action. As the top African-American driver in NASCAR, your experiences with this issue are going to be way different than others. What are your conversations like with those other drivers? Yeah, I think, you know, it really started with Todd Dillon. He wanted to um, have an Instagram live conversation and just hear my stories. And and I, I let it all out on the line. I um, I told him the, the discrimination that I had went through with, with law enforcement and, and how I was treated. Uh, and it's it's the wording that, that really stuck out to me of how I was treated. It wasn't any brutality. It wasn't anything uh, with force. It was the words that were said. And that's what some people don't realize. It's the words and how they say it really triggers African-American people because it's like, well, what makes you say that? What makes you think that way? So, um, you know, NASCAR has, has stepped up to the plate big time. 
and they have they have reached out uh, the the high ups at NASCAR. Every single one of them reached out, and they have my most respect, and they they give me their support and and the direction that we're heading. So I am proud of NASCAR for 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 stepping up to the plate and delivering in a huge way. The moment of silence uh, that we had before we fired off in Atlanta, uh, I sat there at the start finish line with tears in my eyes, seeing. Every crew member stand on the wall. My crew members standing there proudly, uh, holding up the shirt that I had wore pre-race with "I Can't Breathe, Black Lives Matter," and we had our official, you know, Kirk Christ kneel during the anthem. A, a member of our our community that kneeled during the anthem, African American man that kneeled during the anthem, had also served for our country. That speaks volumes. And I talked to Jimmy about what was that. the reaction? Um, what was the reaction? I didn't see it until after I got home, and I was I was blown away by that. And it was further up the grid, so I didn't see it. But I, I told Jimmy today, I seen it. If I would have seen it, I would have went there and stood next to him, yeah. Yeah. kneeled next to him, because it's such a powerful move. A man, an incredible man that has served our country, kneeling down, that people think is disrespecting the flag and, and, and going against our military, it's, it's definitely not. Yeah, I was so uneducated on on what the kneeling meant when it started, but now reading about it and what it stands for and what it goes after, and I'm still doing a lot of learning myself. Don't get me wrong; I don't know everything about you know what's going on in the world, but that's that's the that's what we are trying to deliver the message across: listen and learn um, to be able to better educate ourselves. Yeah, listen, I, we're over. I'm sorry. Can we just figure this time thing out? Because I think what you're saying is very important. So sorry. My apologies to the producers. Uh, you can be mad at me. Blame me. So I, I think it's I think it's important what you're saying that you have to learn. Um, and I'm just wondering the other the reaction from others in NASCAR. Listen, this is quite honestly the president's base, right? These are the people he's speaking to when he calls people sons of bitches and when he says that you know um, it's disrespecting the flag. That whole narrative to have NASCAR come out what are you going to do if someone raises a confederate flag I, I, what's the next action Bubba? i don't know that's a good question that's why these conversations are being had right now uh each and every day my, i need to get a new battery for my phone it's been going through so much but uh we are we are taking we are trying to figure out next steps and my next step would be to get rid of all confederate flags there should be no individual that is uncomfortable showing up to our events to have a good time with their family that feels some type of way about something they have seen, an object they have seen flying. Um, no one should feel uncomfortable when, they're, when they come to a NASCAR race. So it starts with Confederate flags. Get them out of here. They have no place for them. Um, the narrative on that before is, you know, I, I wasn't bothered by it, but that, that I don't speak for everybody else. Yeah. I speak for myself. What I'm ch chasing is checker flags. And that was kind of my narrative, but diving more into it and educating myself, people feel uncomfortable with that. People talk about that. That's the first thing they bring well, up. Let me so there, you know, there's going to be a lot of, of angry people that, that carry those frag flags proudly, but it's, it's time for change. We have to change that, and I encourage NASCAR, and we will have those conversations to remove okay. those flags. So let me ask you. I'm from Louisiana, so this is a term that we use all the time, and even among friends. So what are you going to do when, you know, because the, the, NASCAR is viewed as a good old boy sport, right? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do when, uh, you know, because you know there are going to be people there who disagree with you and who are Absolutely. vehemently opposed to all of this. How do you keep the, how do you have the backbone to stand up to, this is your profession, this is your livelihood, this is what you love, and I would imagine in this profession, especially among the fans, you're in the minority, Bubba. 
uh, absolutely. I've been a minority all my life. Um, even in this world, outside of racing, we're a minority. Well, you, even just you your mindset not. about this and wanting to learn, I would imagine, at this point, that could change. But correct me if I'm mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah. But go on. I, I believe, you know, we, like I said, these conversations are being had. Um, talking to drivers, getting, you know, getting their mindsets and hearing their stories as well, you know, hearing their side of things. But like I said, that starts, uh, that, that action there starts with removing the Confederate flags and standing behind that 100%. Yeah. We ask nicely the first time. If they don't agree, then you have a nice day and get on back on the road where you came from. So yeah. it's, it's, it should not be allowed. We should not be able to have an argument over that. It's, 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 it's a, it's a thick line that we cannot cross anymore. Uh, and that, that's just the, that's just a start of what we need to do. Do we have an end goal? I don't know if the nation has an end goal. We want to, obviously our end goal is to get racial inequality out of here and, and every, treat everybody equally. That yeah. is our end goal. But well, as far as the process, we don't know the time frame on that. Okay. Listen, uh, I have to run again. I'm way over. You fainted Absolutely. after your race yesterday. You okay? I'm all good. I'm here talking to you, Arnold. I know. I just want to make sure that you're okay. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. You just got a I'm little excited. Good. You're overheated yeah. or whatever. Yeah. A lot of stress, not a lot of time for preparation, but we're all good. I appreciate you checking in on me. I've been there. Trust me. Absolutely. So uh, Bubba Wallace, not Bubba Watson. That was my mistake. My bad. I can't read. <laughs> all good, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Bubba. Come back and all see right. us. Thank all right. you. Good luck. Thank okay. you so much. Thanks. And that was the interview between CNN's Don Lemon and the driver of the number 43 car for Richard Petty Motorsports in the NASCAR Cup Series, Daryl Wallace Jr. Now, yeah, don't be confused with the golfer named Bubba Watson because that's what Don Lemon just called Daryl Wallace Jr., Bubba Watson. <laughs> but hey, Bubba Wallace gets that a lot. I can promise you. I can promise you. Everybody got that. Now, speaking of that, Wednesday night, they just held a race. At Martinsville Speedway, the event's called Blue Emu 500, which is 500 laps, not miles, by the way. We'll take a recap now. Started off in the sunset, ends at night. Um, Joey Logano won stage one. Jimmy Johnson won stage two. And, of course, in the final stage and through the end of the race, Martin Truex Jr., the driver of the number 19, Sirius XM Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing won the race. This was Truex Jr.'s second career win at Martinsville. Now, after the win, of course, the lights are blinking. It looked like Dr. Frankenstein's about to get up and, you know, scare people again. <laughs> but there's some biggest stories there. there. Uh, Austin Dillon had to get out of the car after... One of the fumes broke. Um, he was okay. He just got out of the infield care center and medically cleared. Now, Bob Wallace, who sported the Black Lives Matter uh, paint scheme, the number 43 car, which enrages people. And you know what? And speaking of the uh, Confederate flag, uh, NASCAR has banned the Confederate flag from any sporting event in NASCAR and in the track which as a result loses a lot of NASCAR fans who are you know sensitive yeah you will not be miss ex NASCAR fans 
you will not be missed. Now, Martin Truex Jr. is now joined with other winners like Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, Danny Hamlin, Alex Bowman, Jace Elliott, and of course Brad Keselowski who won the Coca-Cola 600 and the uh, Spring Bristol Race. Now, with that said, that is the end of this thing. This segment, that is. We'll be right back. We're going to listen to some Earth, Wind, and Fire after this tiny water break. returned after a tiny water break now you get to listen to a song this one is uh, um, by Earth, Wind and Fire and the song is called Never so here it is with Never from the album The Promise Earth, Wind and Fire <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
And that was Earth, Wind, and Fire with the song Never. Even though it's not, you know, widely popular, but it's a good song to listen to. I listened to it since 2015. It's a very good song. And maybe you should too. And that is it for the first part of this episode this weekend. Tomorrow is a new one. So I'll see you then. So good night.